Are you interested in serving the community? Do you want to serve and give back but don't know how? Are you a nonprofit leader or staff member who wants to better understand their organization? Or are you a current board member who wants to learn to be more effective? The Board Orientation and Leadership Development Program from the Leadership Council for Nonprofits exists to build stronger, inclusive board leaders willing to serve nonprofit organizations. Our program is now recruiting for multiple classes on our website at www.leadershipcouncil.us. Apply today to make a difference in your community. So we are here with Andy Fries and John Webster. They are lifelong friends, met each other here in Cincinnati. They are now both working in the nonprofit sector and serving or soon to be serving on nonprofit boards. I will let them introduce themselves. Andy, why don't you get us started? Great, thanks Jack, excited to be here today. Uh, my name is Andy Freeze. I do development and fundraising for my day job at an organization called Strive Together, which is a national nonprofit based here in Cincinnati focused on improving outcomes and closing disparity gaps for kids and families from cradle to career across the country. Uh, and I was a participant in BOLD class four uh, and have recently joined the board of Action Tank. Uh, which is a local nonprofit here in Cincinnati focused on engaging communities and artists in the development of local public policy. So excited for the conversation. Thanks, Andy. John, how about, how about you? Yeah, well, thanks, Jack. Uh, I'm John Webster. I work at Cincinnati Children's Hospital, uh, working on the business side of uh, the operations at the uh, Children's Hospital here in town. Um, I am a Bold five grad now, uh, and in the middle of the program, I joined the board at uh, Generation Now, which is a, a newer nonprofit um, in town that looks for looks for ways to create uh, opportunities and um, mentorship and career development for young professionals in the uh, in the area, um, trying to grow everyone so that everybody has an opportunity to to compete and work in the, the sectors that they are choosing to work. Renika Smiley asked us to speak at an event. I think it's this Thursday. So mm -hmm. we're going to, I'm, I'm sure you're well aware. Yeah. Uh, we're going to speak to the YPs and that's been a focus, you know, that I think has come out of the bold program is to offer board opportunities to younger younger folks. We just had our youngest participant ever come through in your class, John, uh, Sachika, who's mm -hmm. involved with Globe Med. But it's good to see. It's good to see the, the younger generation get involved. And speaking of the younger generation, that is where you two met a uh, period of time, period of time in your life. That was part of the intrigue with getting your stories out there. Tell us, tell us about how you two became friends and where that was and where you were at in life. What, what happened there? Yeah. So I'll, I'll tell it from my perspective, but John yeah. probably has a different perspective. Uh, <laughs> so we both went to Xavier university and, you know, on the third day of college, um, we were in the midst of orientation 
and the orientation programming was off campus uh, and I had overslept and so had kind of run out of the dorm trying to to make it and realized that all the buses had left and was kind of mulling around and lo and behold John was one of the orientation leaders and they were kind of driving over in a car uh, after all the all the students had left and they had one spot left and they let me jump in the car so uh, I think John was driving uh, in a really small car. There was five of us. Uh, and so on my third day of school, as the, the kid that was late to orientation, somehow managed to get a ride and connect with John. And that, that certainly uh, began our friendship. And it was, uh, you know, we had a, a shared interest about the love of college basketball and uh, kind of rooting on the athletic teams at Xavier, uh, whether that was volleyball or soccer, certainly basketball was a, a big uh, part of that. Um, and that's kind of where, where it blossomed. And, and John's, yeah. John's thinking there's no way that just a few short years after this kid would graduate college, would he have a chance of becoming an executive director? <laughs> <laughs> this kid can't even make it to orientation on time. Do you remember picking him up, John? Oh, absolutely. I think Andy uh, definitely told the story very well. Um, only from my side is, you know, we were getting ready to leave and we see this this, uh, this freshman running towards the car, uh, knowing that we were the ones that were the, the leaders for the program. And we had worked, the, the people in the car had worked together all summer long. So we were used to, used to each other. We lived with each other. We worked with each other all summer. And so uh, he jumped in the car with Four, four other students that were uh, that had a lot of inside jokes and Andy fit it right in with those conversations and got to know us pretty well and actually one of the other guys that was in the car was uh, my roommate at the time so uh, following orientation Andy ended up in our apartment uh, on campus a lot uh, and then you know the mutual uh, interests in sports and other organizations that were on campus and just normal campus life uh, Andy became a quick quick part of our uh, our friend group. I was thinking today that we would title this conversation the cross uh the bold the bold crosstown tip off because uh <laughs> because I my my time was at UC and obviously you guys at Xavier but you know this college is a very formative time obviously for building relationships but then also figuring out you know what do I want to do and you both clearly have chosen a path um, for the last you know, decade plus of your lives. And could you tell us about, um, could you just tell us about your decision to, you know, go into the nonprofit sector? Was that born through some of your experiences that you shared at Xavier? I would say, uh, you know, I went from undergrad and went straight into grad school and got into healthcare management. And, you know, just through that, you know, most, most hospitals and healthcare organizations are not-for-profit. Um, so they're, they're very large organizations. And so I've been working in the not-for-profit space when we talk about healthcare for the last uh, uh, 14, 15 years. Um, so th there's always been the mission, the mission and vision that has driven me um, from the professional side. But all the way back in college, you know, there was a big uh, push for social justice and for just volunteer experiences and ways to help the community um, and, get, and get yourself off campus. Um, 
you know, Xavier, when we, when Andy and I were there, it was a little bit smaller than it is now. And uh, you spent a lot of time on campus. So I think there were definitely opportunities um, in, in service and um, just some of the other activities that were going on uh, in the community that could get you off campus and get you involved with the community. And um, I know Andy, well, he'll speak to it, but he, he got involved with it right after graduation. And, um, you know, I carried on some of the things that I did uh, in undergrad and in grad school. But then um, I also moved away from Cincinnati for five years and did the same thing in Cleveland when I moved up there is uh, got involved in the not-for-profit space in the, in the community and working with making our, our community as a, a better place for everyone. I was at the clinic. Yeah, that's where yep. that's where I'm from. And no, that's a great place to get some experience. Yep. Being from Cleveland, you know, I, I as well, Jack, I, I came down to Xavier, never thought I was going back to Cleveland and then never thought I was coming back to Cincinnati. And when jobs take you and you get involved in the communities, you, you, you fall in love with it. It's definitely a different just having spent some time during the pandemic in Cleveland. The sectors do have a little bit of a different feel in, in Cleveland and, and Cincinnati. And that might be a conversation for another time. <laughs> but, but Andy, what about what about you and finding your path? Yeah, I, I think like many, many kids that go to college, I had no idea what I wanted to do. Came from a family of two accountants uh, and so did a little bit of everything. Tried to get as many major and minors as possible. Communications, business, theology, who knew what I wanted to do. Uh, but like John, I got involved with some faith and justice programming, uh, which you know had done a little bit in high school previously, but kind of um, more steered towards some of the justice and service opportunities and opportunities to get involved with local organizations. And so, uh, you know, it was one summer when I was taking some summer classes uh, and got an internship opportunity at an organization downtown at the Greater Cincinnati Coalition for the Homeless. Uh, through a, another friend of John and I's um, that really kind of led to an interest in kind of working in a nonprofit. Felt like the mission kind of aligned with what I wanted to do, um, kind of like the, the pace and the focus um, of the work. And so that led to continuing to, you know, after graduating, kind of took a job uh, down and over the Rhine, uh, worked there for a number of years and that led to kind of getting more involved in a national organization, which led to moving to DC for 10 years and working at a couple of different national nonprofits, um, kind of focus on systems change. And when it made sense for my family and I to, to move back to Cincinnati to be closer to family, uh, you know, the nonprofit space was kind of where I was focused uh, and Strive Together had kind of grown in the, in the time that I was gone. Uh, and so I've been, thrilled to, to join the team here and, and kind of support the work that's happening both here in Cincinnati and, and across the country. You both just reflecting on the first decade of your careers, you know, stepping out after college, you know, I'm thinking about the younger folks who are listening to this that maybe are looking for inspiration to think about, you know, how they want to plan and position themselves. What, what, what kind of lessons learned or what were some of the things as you look back on the, the first decade of your career that that really stand out? I mean, Andy, you know, you had experience as an executive director and then it looks like, you know, you spent, I mean, you spent eight years um, 
at grant makers for effective organizations. So that that's a long time in, in one place. And John, I mean, just even moving to, as did you, Andy, but John, moving to um, back to your hometown, you know, to, to work in the nonprofit sector after graduate school. I'm wondering, can you guys speak to your first decade there and then we can get into looking forward? Yeah, I mean, I, I think, so I, I took a, a role as an executive director and the only staff of an organization and it was right as the like financial crisis was hitting in 09 and didn't have as much fundraising experience as I probably needed to kind of run an organization. And so, you know, when we ultimately ran out of money and kind of weren't able to keep the organization afloat, you know, I, I moved into fundraising from realizing that if I wanted to continue to work in nonprofits, that the ability to raise money was going to be a critical skill. And so I kind of went to work for an organization that worked with foundations. Um, and my role was raising money from those kind of member organizations, but kind of getting an inside look. And so I think, as I think back on the, you know, the first decade that there's a lot of um, programmatic work that's critical. And I think John and I both come from a little bit more of an operations side of, of the house um, and, you know, fundraising and, and kind of understanding business models and how money, whether it's earned revenue or grants or donations, like how they all play in and how, how that supports the mission, uh, I think was a critical learning point, a uh, place that I definitely had some failures, but I think also learned a number of things that have set me up for success moving forward. What about you, John? Yeah, the, the first 10 years of my career, uh, you know, it's one of those, you don't know what you don't know. And, you know, when you, when you find those things that you don't know, uh, really tried to go in and learn that stuff as, as quickly as possible. And, you know, you know, put all my effort in there. Um, I think one of the, one of the reasons, you know, that I've tried to seek out other opportunities, especially now, um, is that I've worked in massive organizations that I didn't need to know all the thi all the pieces and the parts. And I only had to focus on what I, what I had, you know, influence on. And so learning about nonprofits or, you know, any organization, um, and, and everything and all the details that you have to know, I didn't know. And I'd had to go learn them through other ways. Um, not just, I couldn't, I maybe couldn't learn them through my job, uh, my day-to-day -day job. So that's one of those things is when I was working in some in volunteering and working with some um, nonprofits in the, in the community was just to always ask the questions and try to figure out what, what it is that they, either one needed help with or two, what they did on a day-to-day -day basis that I had no idea that they needed to be doing. So it was to try to really fill in those learning gaps. Um, and that's what led me to taking uh, an interest in, in or, uh, a program like Bold was just to fill those gaps that I had not seen in the first 10, 15 years of my career. This is an interesting, interesting point where you both are at right now. You know, being nonprofit, long, long time nonprofit employees, you know, perhaps there's a nonprofit employee who's listening to this right now and thinking, 
no one's ever asked me to join a board as a nonprofit employee, right? Typically you're pulling from the corporate side of things. And it just seems like the two of you just almost absolutely negate that, that, that idea, right? I mean, why would you not open up a board seat to someone who's been working in the sector for a period of time and has, you know, the skill sets and the talent and perspective to do so? Do you have any, any thought there? I mean, you're both on a board now, you're both nonprofit employees. Can you speak to what that feels like? Yeah, I think for me, it's been, um, I still haven't had anybody ask me to be part of their board, mm-hmm. more or less that I didn't go out and seek it and, and start those conversations. And then they asked me to be on the board. But I would say, you know, even in the work that you do today, you know, if you're a non you know, not-for-profit or nonprofit uh, employee is you still have the skills that other nonprofits need um, that you can share those talents with the community and with other groups, either uh, even a well-established one still has the need for the skills that you have. Yeah, I, I think that's exactly right, Jack, that there, there aren't as many not younger nonprofit employees that are sought out or are seeking out opportunities on boards. Uh, and I think it's, you know, I think one, A, people have a lot of skills to offer and your experience in a nonprofit is a valuable skill and experience that all nonprofits can benefit from. Mm-hmm. And, and two, you know, I, I'm also viewing it as a learning opportunity for me, you know, on in my day job, uh, occasionally, you know, and presenting to the board around our fundraising thing. And so sitting on the other side in, the, in, in a board seat gives me an opportunity to learn, you know, what are the questions that I might ask as a board member so that when I'm doing my day job and understanding I'm talking about fundraising, I have a better sense of what questions board members might ask. And then I'm able to tailor my presentation to kind of the right level. So I feel like I'm able to kind of share some of what I've learned working in nonprofits on the board that I am. And I'm also learning like what is the role of the board member what are the questions that board members are asking so that when i'm presenting to the board in my organization i'm better prepared and kind of better giving them the information that they need so i see it as a huge advantage uh and i think there's you know there's plenty of differences between nonprofits and for-profits and so i think that the best nonprofit boards are comprised of people from all sectors mm-hmm. so we definitely need nonprofit representatives on those boards uh, and it's a great opportunity to learn. Yeah, I, I want to piggyback off what Andy just said is, you know, I think also it's a great opportunity when you join a board to learn those skills that you don't actually get to do. And you may never have that opportunity to do in your day-to-day job that if you're trying to build your day-to-day career, you don't get those opportunities and you can't demonstrate that. And you can never say in an interview, Oh, I worked on, fundraising or I worked on strategic plans, you know, because that might not have been your your role in your day-to-day job. But on the not-for-profit board side, you get that experience and you'll be able to speak to that. Um, so it, it is a benefit to the, the board, but it should also be a benefit to you for your experience. Yeah, I could see it being just very life-giving, you know, the opportunity to be a part of another mission, you know, to be able to help an organization other than your own, 
to be able to grow your network and meet more members throughout the community. And, you know, someone like yourselves with over a decade's worth of experience who's gone through the bold program. I have to be careful, guys, on, on this thing to not like try to oversell the bold program because this I, I don't want to make this this conversation at all about you know going through bold, but I think you know when we look at some some of the things that people have said, like Sachika, who I mentioned earlier. Um, she made a post this weekend on LinkedIn and just about how it really, the board can sometimes seem like this, this um, thing behind the curtain, you know what I mean? Like the, the, the person behind the curtain, like Oz, right? The great, the great and powerful Oz. And just reading her post this week, she basically was like, the curtain was pulled back. You know, I, I feel that I, I have this this knowledge, this understanding now. Andy, I know, had said shortly after he finished that you took some of the tools mentioned in the strategic planning session and brought those to Action Tank. So my point here is really just that you have over a decade of experience as nonprofit employees. You've invested in yourselves through the BOLD program. So you've concentrated and focused on what is and are the roles and responsibilities of a board member. And there was something that I saw this week, you know, thinking about our conversation today, it said, we must focus hard to truly learn. And, and I like that, you know, by, by focusing, you know, the learning will stick. And I mean, you, you both, you both know that, um, the, the Jesuits drilled that into you at, at Xavier, but, uh, but I'm glad, you know, I'm glad to have you both as alums from the program. <clears throat> excuse me, alums from the program. And there's, th this is, this is part of the fun for me in putting together the conversation today, because I think this makes it that much more real. And Andy had shared, or John, I think you had shared with me that when Andy was transitioning back to Cincinnati, he was staying, his family was staying at your house. I, I think you had mentioned that. And, you know, whether you're staying at your house or not, the feeling I got when you told me that was, you know, we are in this together. Like this is a this is a community. We are we're friends. You know, it just seems like you guys share a lot of the same values. And the point I'm trying to bring home for the listeners is, you know, can you speak to just the larger community, like the need to support one another in this work? Um, you know, you both mentioned social justice. You know, kind of this idea of of service to the other, commitment to, you know, to those. Um, to those in need. So I'm just wondering, you know, even just reflecting on your friendship and how you support each other, like Andy, I know you, I think you even uh, referred John to, to the program. So yeah, just speaking to this idea of community and supporting each other and, and your friendship, um, but also collective decision to serve the community as board members, speaking to that. Yeah, I think, you know, college friendships have a, you know, you spend so much time together and in such close proximity for a period of time that, you know, once graduation hit, it was my experience that, you know, your your friend circle kind of shrunk really quickly. You were no longer immediately around, you know, 25, 100 of 
close friends and now you had to really make a concerted effort. Uh, and certainly I think, you know, in John and I's case, you know, when we were both in Cincinnati, we saw each other and talked to each other frequently. And when we were in Cleveland and DC, uh, it was less frequent, but still opportunities for connection um, and you know, staying updated on each other's lives and what was going on. Uh, and I think you know, it's that community and friendship that we built um, in college that, that really helped you know, cement uh, kind of the work that we're, we're doing moving forward. You know, we, we shared a lot of similar interests. And so uh, whether that was faith and justice, basketball, um, hanging out. Uh, and so I think when my family and I were thinking about moving back to, to Cincinnati, uh, you know, John lived in, in the Pleasant Ridge neighborhood and we talked with him and a couple other friends that were in the neighborhood and it just felt like that was the, the place to go. Um, so I think there's something about about friendships and even though they kind of like ebb and flow and how much you see and hang out with people ebbs and flows, uh, you know, there's always those folks that are there. Um, and I feel like John and his family have, have been uh, those friends for us. Uh, and, you know, I the other thing that is interesting around community is once you move and, you know, John and I both have young kids, you know, sometimes you don't get out as much and certainly in the pandemic, you haven't gotten out as much, but, you know, your neighbors end up uh, becoming friends and, you know, you don't always, neighbors don't always share like all the passions, but they're the people you spend probably the most time with. Uh, and so I, I love that John and I have that kind of shared commitment around service uh, and, Kind of involvement in the nonprofit sector because uh, it's not always something that you get. Um, but John and I now live very close to each other uh, and looking forward to uh, getting some vaccines and getting out uh, outside for some beers this summer. I think it's what a 13 minute walk, Andy. We did it the one day that you. Uh... <laughs> yeah. Yep. So uh, just having Andy back in town has always been great, but it builds that, uh, you know, we we have a lot in common and it's, it's interesting when we talk, we both had kids, uh, Andy working on his third kid and I was working on my first kid at the exact same time. And, you know, without really having those conversations, we ended up realizing we had the, uh, or not giving any recommendations, but we ended up having the same OB and we are delivering at the same hospital and within weeks of each other. So it was, uh, you know, even though we didn't talk about it, I think we still had the same thoughts. So we thought the same and ended up with the same, the same, uh, the same experience, I think, of having, having our kids. And, um, you know, the pandemic hasn't been very kind to lots of people. Um, you know, it is one of those things of, I know Andy's that 13 minute short walk away and haven't gotten to see each other much, but we'd still keep in contact and uh, look forward to our kids actually meeting each other at some point. <laughs> The, the only 13 minute walks I hear that uh, you guys made during the pandemic was, um, you know, I think I caught word, Andy, that you might have been sharing some of your bold notes with, with John, uh, you know, to pass some of those quizzes, but <laughs> <laughs> got us. I, well, I'm kidding, of course. Um, the, uh, the guys, there was a, there was a poem that um, actually the first time I I came across the poem was actually at Xavier. Uh, and we'll, we'll close out with this. But there was an art 
exhibit uh, from some of the students a couple of years ago and one of our family friends, um, she had gone to Ireland for a semester and was, was an artist and some of her art was on display in one of the galleries there. And I was struck by the, the poem that was attached to, I think it was like a family of violin players uh, that, that she had depicted. And below is this, this ode from Arthur O'Shaughnessy. And he says, we are the music makers and we are the dreamers of dreams. We are the movers and shakers of the world forever, it seems. Reason I mentioned that is, you know, we talk so much about passion, right? I mean, you guys are, are giving more of your time outside of work, outside of family to, to causes, right? Uh, Andy with Action Tank, John with um, Generation Now. You know, there, there's no doubt, um, no doubt dreams that, that, you're, that you're acting on here. Um, thing, things that you're moving, you know, the, you guys are movers and shakers in the community. And I just wonder if you can speak to, you know, we, we close this conversation today and there's a world of activity uh, that, that you're, you know, walking back into. Can you talk to us and close us out here, just speaking directly like to your passion, to the work you're doing in the community, um, to, to, you know, the dream sort of that you're working towards in Cincinnati and beyond. Yeah, I can, I can kick us off. Uh, you know, I think when I, when I moved back to Cincinnati, I certainly knew a number of folks, but it had been, you know, about a decade since I had been really involved in the community. And so a lot had changed in the city. And so getting involved with Action Tank is an opportunity for me to get, get more grounded locally. You know, my work on, on the day-to-day -day is a little, a little bit more focused nationally than it is locally. And so I really appreciate the opportunity to, you know, better understand what's happening locally in our communities, in the neighborhoods. Uh, certainly on the um, public policy front, there's been a lot of, uh, a lot of noise and news uh, over the last year. Uh, and so just the opportunity to, to think about what are the policies um, that the city can enact that will support uh, the most vulnerable in our community. Uh, and how can I play a role in, in supporting that? So I think that's kind of what I'm focused on. You know, it's connected to my work on the day-to-day -day and kind of being involved with Action Tank gives me an opportunity to really focus on what are those systems uh, that are preventing uh, kids from succeeding and how can we make changes uh, so that every kid has an opportunity. Yeah, and I think for, for me, my passion has uh, evolved over time as I think it should. Um, I think part of it is, you know, the work that I'm doing now outside of my day job, I think is where I saw what I had done. And that goes back to that question, you, Jack, that you asked about the first decade and 15 years of my career of, you know, what were the stumbling blocks for myself um, and how to make that better for everyone else, uh, make it easier, make it better. Um, so that you didn't have to make the same mistakes or, you know, get behind uh, that I, like I felt like I had at some points. So trying to fill those gaps. Um, and then some of the other work and my passions, I think now come from 
uh, you know, a growing family and um, not just my immediate family, but my extended family of, you know, trying to make the, be- the world a better place uh, for the kids and growing up better and also instilling that same drive in them that I have to, um, to have that commitment to, to work and betterment for not just myself, but for everybody else. And, um, you know, going back to another thing you said, Jack, about we're in this together um, and not just during the pandemic. I think we got, we got to make sure that we stay together on everything. And that's the only way we're going to make the, uh, the Cincinnati area, the, the nation better and the world better. I am so glad that Andy overslept and piled into your car for the, the graduation uh, many years ago. And just a lot of great themes today, friendship, communities, you know, being a neighbor. You guys talked about learning and your education, formally and informally. You know, we covered family. I think you got you guys are definitely leading by example, right? I mean, looking at some of the bold capstones, one of the well, one of your classmates, John, she said, you know, I'm doing this because my dad is actually Laura, uh, Laura Lewin at Cincinnati Children's with you. Co-worker. <laughs> yeah, co-worker. And she, she said, my dad served on boards growing up and I finally had the chance to serve now. I feel like it's time now. You know, you're, it's the wonderful life, you know, it's the wonderful life um, idea that our lives touch the lives of, of many and in some cases, we don't even see how our example is impacting. So, you know, thank you guys for making our community a better place. I hope as a result of listening to this today, my hope was that listeners would, you know, first and foremost, see the relationship that you and Andy have and have developed over the years. And maybe they would be inspired to, you know, encourage their friends to get involved in the community or, um, you know, it's just a point of, of common interest. It's something that bonds you guys, not the only thing, but uh, something that certainly caught my attention and just want to thank you guys for your time today. Absolutely. Thanks, Jack. Has your company ever considered nonprofit board training to be a leadership development avenue for its employees? If you are a company in the Cincinnati, Northern Kentucky region interested in sending your employees through a nonprofit board training program where they will receive access to a curriculum designed to help them understand the basics needed to serve a nonprofit board, the BOLD program is for your company. Contact us today if you are interested in investing in your employees through BOLD.